You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 123 with Erica Thayer. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. So I'm super excited to have Erica on the show today. I thought it'd be really great to have someone come on that has started a nonprofit. I have talked to a few of you, and I know that this is in your bucket list of some days, like that you want to start a nonprofit and you just don't know where to start. So I thought Erica would be a great person to have come on. And also she talks about congenital heart disease and how her son was born with it. And that's why she started the nonprofit. So I just thought, you know what, this would be really eye-opening for you guys, as well as for me, and also just listening to the business side of things and starting a nonprofit. So I hope that you guys feel inspired to go after your dreams, if it be a nonprofit or a business, and also just be aware of congenital heart disease and how it impacts children and what that looks like for families. Hey, you guys, before we get into today's show, I wanted to let you know that this show is by Lean. It's a seven-week online weight loss program by Amanda Nyber. And if you remember episode 112 in December 2018, she came on the show and we did a four-part series with her talking about this program. So I found this program last year and it has helped me a lot. So during the holidays, I actually didn't gain weight. I maintained, which is a miracle in itself. And I have lost some unwanted pounds. But to me, even better, it has made me excited to work out again and exercise. I know as moms, it's really hard to like not build that time in and just let it go. And then before you know it, a year or two has gone by and you have not worked out. So this program has helped me to get back on track and start the process and to also realize that it's progression, not perfection. So I wanted you guys to know that some of the reasons why I do love her program is because it can fit around anyone's lifestyle and you don't feel deprived and you see results. So I love it so much that I really wanted to share it with you guys. So if you didn't listen to the series, make sure to check out episode 112 and start there after today's episode. And if you're looking to do the program, Amanda has given us $20 off her program. And if you want to use that link, you just go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash lean 20. That's L-E-A-N 20 for $20 off. All right, now let's get to the show. Erica, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Amber. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited for you to be here too. So I like to start off the show um, with an icebreaker about travel. So I'm a travel agent and I just love asking everyone where their favorite vacation spots are and why. And this can be with or without kids. Oh, what a fun question. Okay. Um, so I love to go on vacation as a family. We have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Um, as you probably know, vacations are different yep. when you have kids. <laughs> yes, they are. Sometimes they're not as relaxing. <laughs> um, so probably one of my favorite things to do as far as, va- as far as vacations now that I'm a mom is my husband and I have kind of coined this phrase of city dates. So we'll pick a place that's within a direct flight or a close drive mm. of Nashville, our home base. And, um, we'll go on a little two night trip, just mm. the two of us. Okay. Um, so one of my favorite places to go, I was never much of like a, a city girl before we got married. Sure. Like, um, 
when I was growing up, we would go on like beach vacations or camping trips. Um, but my husband and I started going to Chicago, um, maybe once a year, um, and go on a little city date, um, which has been really fun. Just kind of like as a getaway, just the two of us and like walk around and do a little bit of shopping. And, um, so that's just one of our fun, like little fun travel things that we like to do. I love that. Like, that's such a great, um, little tip for, all the moms out there to do that. So here's here's my next question. Do you have family that are able to watch your kids? We do. We're blessed yeah. with wonderful grandparents in our lives that can do a little <laughs> two-night getaway for us when we need to. Yes. So that is the challenging thing for me is that we don't have any family here. So that means we have to pay somebody to watch the kids. So then it's always yeah. this, is it worth it or whatever? So it is really great when um, you do have parents that are willing to come in and, and help out. And I think that's a great that you take advantage of it um, with the city. So I used to live in Michigan, so I'm very familiar with Chicago. How did you end up going to Chicago originally as your, um, you know, one of your city dates? So we got married when we were both in grad school didn't have a lot of money. We lived in my parents' basement the first year that we got married. And, um, but we had a Southwest credit card. And so we had Southwest points and we calculated up our Southwest points after like years of saving them. Cause we didn't put a lot of money on that card. Um, and so we, um, or a year of, it was towards the end of our first year of marriage. And we decided where could we go on mm. these Southwest points? And it. so we lived in Knoxville at the time. And so a direct flight from Nashville to Chicago in December, cause no one wants to go yes. to Chicago in the beginning yep, of December because it's, so it's so cold. Mm-hmm. Um, was like the, one of the only places that we could afford to go. <laughs> and I had never been before. And so we we're like, well, we'll book a trip to Chicago. And it ended up being beautiful because everything was decorated for yeah. Christmas. And like, I mean, it was as cold as all get out, yes. but we enjoyed it immensely. And so that kind of became our favorite little city to go to. And so we try to go once a year nice. on a little trip. Um, we can, we can afford to go in the warmer weather now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not just out of college. Um, yes. So when you're looking at um, new places to go, what is, you, you said you could either drive or take a direct flight. So how do you go about picking um, some of these places? Like where have you been um, recently or more recently versus I'm um, just going to Chicago? So another trip that we have coming up later this month is we're taking a little city date this year to New Orleans. Um, Mm -hmm. my husband went there on a business trip and he came back telling me about all the great food that he ate there. Yes. (laughs) And I hate to say we plan a trip around food, but um, it's the reality. That is the place place to go do it. Yeah. Yeah. So he came back with like all these stories about like these couple of restaurants that he went to that were so good. And like, it's warmer down there right now. And so, um, we're taking a little getaway, um, in just about a week for two nights down there. That's awesome. So f- food was the motivator that time. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that's really fun. And then it's not so hard to be away from the kids. Um, you know, when you're going, you're talking like two nights, right? Right. Okay. So yeah. So I feel like that makes it kind of easy. And then uh, just, it gives you some time away and you get to explore, you know, new towns and stuff like that. We, we went to Asheville a couple of years ago and that was really great. Have you been to Asheville, North Carolina? We- 
We went on our honeymoon for two okay. days to Asheville. Okay. Yeah, it was really okay. pretty. Yeah, it's great. Well, as you can see, I can talk about travel a long time. I have to cut myself off um, <laughs> <laughs> or the whole episode would just turn into travel. Um, so let's get started. Um, first, let's um, share with everyone what your first and last name is and where you're from. Well, you just said you're outside of Nashville. Um, how many kids do you have? And then we'll jump into how you got to where you are today. Sure. So my name is Erica Thayer. Um, I'm an audiologist by trade. I work part-time in an audiology private practice, but I'm a wife and I'm a mom of two wonderful kids. Um, my little boy, Calvin, is four. And I have a little girl named Adelaide that's about to turn two. Um, and so we live in Nashville, just right outside of Nashville. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So for those of us that don't know what an audio audiologist is, what is that exactly? So I fit hearing aids and do mm. hearing tests. I do like vestibular balance um, disorder treatment and testing. Okay, cool. Yeah. So um, do you work in a hospital or do you work in a, a just a doctor's office or? I work or, in a private practice. So there's okay. um, four other audiologists. Um, it's actually an all women group. Um, it's right in front of the hospital in like a little physician's plaza. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Cause I I've never heard of that before, but obviously I know about hearing aids, just didn't know who actually <clears throat> does that kind of job. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's, let's jump into, um, how you began your journey, um, with project heart. How about you share with us, um, what it is and and then we'll jump into um how you even started to get that ball rolling sure so um project heart is the nonprofit that my husband and i founded to raise money for congenital heart disease research so our son calvin who's four now was born with a very severe heart defect and when he was born um, he had to have several surgeries he had his first surgery at seven days old and he had a second surgery just shortly after at four months old. And I'd say that first surgery, we were kind of just like thrown into this unknown world. Like yeah. neither of us had ever heard of a baby being born with a heart defect like this. Um, I'm even somewhat in the medical field and had never right. heard of children being born with things wrong with their heart, um, especially in a case as severe as my son's was needing surgery so shortly after he was born. Um, so after his, his second surgery, he's four months old, we're in, we were in the ICU, um, and we were looking around at these other families, like the ICU was packed. Every bed was full, um, of children in Nashville mm -hmm. having these major invasive heart surgeries. And so, um, one night I was sitting in his room and the room across from us, like the code light is going off. Everyone's running into the room, like saving this you know, sweet baby. And I thought, this is a problem. Like this is something needs to be done about this. Mm. <laughs> and so I started talking to my husband, like the people don't know anything about heart disease in children. Um, but it's, it's actually the most common birth defect we learned while we were there. And so the more we talked about, like, this is a problem, someone should do something about it. We kind of came to the realization, like, Hey, is there something we could do about this? What can we do? So yeah. that's kind of um, where it all started was in that ICU room at Vanderbilt mm. in Nashville saying yeah. like, what can we do? Are there any organizations out there that fund congenital heart disease research? Like how can we make an impact to make a change so that these children don't have to go through these invasive heart surgeries? Um, 
so we started looking around and there, there wasn't anything in our area. Um, there wasn't anything that was funding um, pediatric research. There was nothing that was like pushing the limits on really making a change for how congenital heart disease is diagnosed and treated. So are you listening to Erica thinking, yes, I have ideas in my head and I have business ideas that I really want to pursue. I just don't know where to begin. Well, I have a program perfect for you. It's called Gainful Growth. And what it is, is is a step-by-step system to help you start a profitable business. So if you guys missed the episode with Allie Worthington, you guys need to go check that out after this episode. She is the one who created this system. And on the episode, she talks about why she created it, especially for women and moms who don't have time and they just need something simple to run their ideas through to see if they could actually work. So if you're thinking, I want to start a business or I want to have a great income doing what matters, or possibly you just want to make your dreams a reality, Gainful growth is perfect for you. So some of the things that you will get with gainful growth is you will be able to figure out if your idea is worthwhile to pursue. So I know many of us have different ideas floating around in our head. So this will help you narrow that down. Also, will your idea even work? Also, to figure out how to do this and not waste any time and money or energy, and if this idea will actually be successful. So this is where Gainful Growth will have you covered. And what's awesome about this is it's not overwhelming. I love the layout. I've done it myself. And you can go at your own pace. And Allie has given us, the Mom Inspired Show listeners, a discount. So if you go to gainfulgrowth.com, use Mom Inspired at the checkout, you're going to get this program for only $99 versus $249. Yeah, that's crazy. And you know, so how you and I got connected is through my friend, Angie, which then I found out um, she was the one helping you out with your son and stuff like that. And um, I wasn't aware of all of this either, right? I only know that because I know what she does for a living. And just some of the stories that she shares is just heartbreaking. I mean, so just mm-hmm. as a parent to be watching your children, especially like you said, seven days old and they're having surgery is mind blowing, you know? And so, um, so when you're thinking about, um, you know, is anybody doing anything about this and you're sitting in the hospital and stuff like that, what were you really hoping that either you could find an organization organization doing something that you're looking for, or since you had to be that person to start that up, what were you hoping to bring out of um, Project Heart? Like, what what were you trying to provide other parents that you felt like was really missing? Yeah. So I think the first thing we wanted to do was kind of rule out, is there anything else that's already going on? We didn't want to duplicate something that someone was already doing, where if we could join someone's efforts, that would have been the much easier path to take. Sure. Um, And so when we didn't really find anything that was really focused on research was what we wanted to do, was that there were organizations that that were helpful to us, that delivered things to the hospital, that wonderful people, I feel like, are meeting a need of um, delivering baby items and like support materials to families. But there wasn't anyone um, that was wanting to push the limits of research. And so I thought, you know, here Calvin is, he's having this series of surgeries. His, his prognosis, his lifespan has always been kind of a question mark that the doctors are like, 
well, we hope that, you know, this will get him through the next couple of years, or we hope this surgery will get him to adulthood. Maybe he'll need a heart transplant. You know, it's kind of, they don't know. And what we want to do with Project Heart is we want to, we want to solve CHD. We want to defeat it. Um, it's CHD, congenital heart disease is, it's a plumbing issue for the most part. You know, mm. these kids are born with a structurally, structurally different problem with their heart that the blood flow doesn't flow the way it's supposed to. And so after talking to some of the surgeons at the hospital, we really um, were just moved that if this could receive more funding, the technology is there. Um, people just need to work at it to solve some of these problems that um, there's actually a doctor here at Vanderbilt in Nashville that's looking at taking stem cells mm. and growing heart valves in a dish that wow. he's like, the technology is there. Mm. Like we know how to collect stem cells. We know how to use them to grow different tissue that if we could create a usable heart valve that you could put in a baby that would grow with them, mm. that you wouldn't have any rejection. You wouldn't have to take medicine to keep your body from rejecting it because it's your own tissue. Oh, um, yeah. They're not going to outgrow it like a mechanical right. valve mm. because it would grow with them. So I think we're the crazy people that throw around the word cure <laughs> because I mm. think that there could be a time where, you know, this stem cell research, if you could grow a heart, which the technology is there. It's just, we need to put the research dollars behind it to make mm. it a reality. But if you could grow a whole heart and have yeah. a heart transplant with your own heart tissue, wow! like that's, that's essentially a cure. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So when you're thinking about that, so I think about, um, the ultrasound around 20 weeks when they're looking at all the chambers, is mm -hmm. that when they would be realizing something is not right? Or would they need to figure that out before that point? So I'd say currently right now, it's like 50-50, whether that's seen on ultrasound before birth or not. Um, are you talking about with this research of like doing a heart transplant of right. when they would have like, to yeah. know? When would they have to like, when would that all have to happen to be able to, to be as seamless as possible? Yeah. So in a perfect world, if we could identify a baby at that 20 week mm. ultrasound as yeah. having a severe heart condition that needed this type of intervention, then um, you could do a blood draw and mm. get stem cells from that blood draw. Um, and then you could start growing a heart and the ideal in my ideal world, it would be as that baby is growing and getting bigger and ready for birth in the lab, we're growing this heart mm. or this valve that they need. Yeah. Um, so that when they're born, once they're big enough and strong enough to withstand the one surgery, that organ is ready for them. Wow. Um, because right now there's a total shortage of organ donation, um, mm. organs available for don donation. And it comes with the whole side of you know, rejection that you sure. have to take medicines to keep your body from rejecting the heart. Right. And that heart, you know, I think statistically can only last about 12 to 13 years is average. Oh. And I want more than 12 to 13 sure. years for my son if he needs yeah. a heart transplant, right. you know, so it's not a, what we have right now in organ transplant is not a solution. It's not a cure. Mm. It's just another set of problems. So will your son need an, um, a heart transplant or it, does he seem to be fine? Um, he's doing very well right now. So mm. he's had three surgeries that they consider kind of palliative. So it kind of gets him to a stable place. Mm. Um, eventually he will need a heart transplant. So only half of his heart functions. 
Um, and so eventually that's either going to one affect his other organs mm. or his heart's going to get tired. Yeah. Um, and so, but we don't know if that's in 10 years. We don't know if that's in 30 years. You know, there's people wow. that have his heart defect that are 30 right now and they're doing well. Wow. Um, but the, those surgeries have not been around long enough to have a good track record to sure. say this is average. So it's still kind of a question mark at this point, but they tell us eventually one day he's going to need a transplant. Mm. And does he go in for, um, you know, checkups and stuff like that yearly, or is it um, more often than that? How does that work? So we're kind of stepping down a little by little. Um, he used to go every week, every oh, Monday we would go to the cardiologist. Wow. Okay. Um, so we kind of stepped down from every week to every other month to he's been going every three months. Um, okay. They tell us his appointment is next month that we're hopeful to go to twice a year, which will nice. be the longest. Okay. I feel like we're graduating here. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's really good for people to know. Cause I, you know, if you're just not familiar with it, you really have no idea. And, you know, I think about this, right. You have a son that has this condition, you guys work and here you are starting this nonprofit and I'm just, you know, segueing a little bit over to the business component of it. You know, if someone were wanting to start a business or a nonprofit and kind of finding themselves in your shoes, um, what would you say is important for someone to consider before they even start this journey? Um, that's a great question because I think one thing that people really need to focus on when you're, whether you're starting a business or a nonprofit is why are you doing what you're doing? Um, because when you're going to sell a product or sell a service, um, you have to know why. Otherwise, you can't tell other people why it's important because if they don't see why it's important, they're not going to buy it from you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if you can be concise and say, this is the reason why I do what I do, you know, and it doesn't have to be profound. You know, we've created sure. this foundation and saying like, you know, the reason we do what we do is, you know, in one sense, almost completely selfish. I do what I do because I want Calvin to have a full and healthy life. I want other kids that have congenital heart disease to live a life without limits. And so, I mean, you can boil that down to any type of business. Um, If you offer tutoring services, you know, why do you do what you do? I want kids to be successful in school and not be frustrated. So I think if you can say, this is why I'm important, um, that that is really going to turn people's eyes towards you. And they'll, they will buy what you're selling if you are you know, honest and trustworthy and you have a good message behind why you do what you do. Yeah. So when I was um, starting off that question, um, I was heading down the path, you know, you both work and you have two kids and I just wonder, you know, adding this project onto your plate, um, did you ever feel like, why are we even doing this? I mean, you have your why and all that, right? But then, mm-hmm. but then the real life kicks in of actually doing it week after week or day after day, and it takes up so much time. Um, did you ever find yourself just going, you know what? Let's just not do this. This is too much work. Uh, let's just quit. Did you ever find yourself <laughs> thinking that? Um, so there was a time, um, probably. I guess we were two years into Project Heart. So I work, um, Tyler and I, my husband, um, he's kind of leads the ship and I'm more of the, in the background person. We both have kind of strengths and weaknesses and how we fit together in running the organization, but we were doing it all by ourselves, Mm -hmm. um, for those first two years, it was nights and weekends. It was, you know, working on the computer, 
nursing a baby at the same time. Um, yeah. It was after the kids go to bed, you know, we would sit down together and be like, okay, what do we got to do tonight? Um, what needs to be accomplished? But um, after two years, we were worn out. Like yeah. we were burnt out. Um, we were both working um, and we were just tired. I'd had another baby that year and we told our board like, something has to change here because we're struggling. Um, and so we kind of presented this option of like, if, if we're going to keep going in this, um, we need help. We need, we need someone to come on as a staff person, just part-time, just a few hours during the week. And so we were like, can we afford it? You know, went back and forth. Like we're a nonprofit. We're not supposed to spend money on things like salary. Like how do we make this work? But, um, you know, I think, especially for nonprofits, if you have more of a business minded Mm -hmm. mindset that will serve you well, like we're running a business. It doesn't have to be, it is nonprofit. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be the poor man's mentality the whole time. Sure. Um, so we, we hired a staff person and, um, they worked part time and we hired them in January. Um, by June, she had um, benefited our company so much that we hired her full time. Wow, that's awesome! And we, it was amazing. We doubled our revenue that year, so it was a huge change. That I felt like this weight was lifted off my shoulders. That I was excited about what we were doing again because I had someone to do the tasks that I wasn't gifted in. You yeah. know that when when you're doing what you're gifted in, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like oh, work for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like I know that seems so cliche. <laughs> But when you're doing no, what you're gifted in, it, yeah, it gives you energy. Like um, you get passionate about yes. it and you don't feel tired. Yes. But when you're doing the stuff oh, that's mundane, that's not your gifting, mm-hmm. you need to find somebody else to do that for <laughs> you <laughs> as soon as you can afford to do it. Yeah. My, um, hus- my husband and I run into that even with the podcast. Sales copy is not either one of our strengths. And we mm-hmm. find that we get into arguments about it, which drives me crazy because I might be saying something and then he's criticizing that, but it's not his strength either. He just knows that that doesn't sound the way it should, but yeah, yes. he can't take it over. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going to pound my head on the wall. Yep, yep. So yeah. And sometimes it takes a little bit to figure out what your are, what your strengths are and what they're not, because at the beginning, everything feels hard, right? Cause you're just learning. And then as time goes on, you realize the things that you really shine in the things that you can do well versus the ones that you really, really just struggle in. But here's the thing, kind of like what you're saying with nonprofit, this is the same even with a business that is for profit, um, trying to make enough money to hire somebody. So for you guys, how did you figure out like, okay, we can make enough money. Like we're not going to go in the negative. Like, how did you even figure that out? Because I think there's other people that, you know, maybe listening to this and they're like, well, I make a little bit money. Is it worth the, you know, is, is it a good risk, right? To hire somebody Mm -hmm. in hopes that it will allow me to make more. You don't know that until, until you know it. Right. So Mm -hmm. how did you guys, and I know you went to the board, but like, how did you guys feel comfortable, um, about this? Were you able Mm -hmm. to bring her on and not go into the negative? Um, you just weren't making as much, but then obviously she did such a good job. She doubled that, which I want to talk to you about that in a second. Um, but how did you feel like thinking, okay, we're going to bring somebody out. So now we're going to go backwards a little bit. And and how did you feel like this is okay? We really need to do this. So um, we're very goal oriented. So we decided, okay, this is how much money 
um, I think that year we had raised a hundred thousand dollars. And so we had given some grants away, but we kept some of it in reserve to say we could allocate some of this towards a salary position. So we kind of, we saved up the money ahead of time. Okay. That um, makes sense. And, and it wasn't, you know, enough to fund somebody for a whole year sure. by any means, yep. but we had a little bit of a starting nest egg that okay. we said we could use this money. Let's hold it instead of giving it away. Yep. Um, let's invest in ourselves. Um, and so when we hired someone, instead of hiring them full-time, we just hired them part-time hours starting right. out. And we, we were very upfront with her that, um, we were like, Hey, we're going to do a 90 day trial period just to kind of see how things work. Um, and then we could, you know, cap you at like 20 hours a week. Mm. Um, and so she was very on board with it and was, um, really excited about our mission and was really, um, okay with doing part-time. She wanted to grow to full-time eventually if it ever got to that point, but, um, so we started with a little money in the bank and then we set goals for like, okay, if we want to raise, you know, $200,000 in revenue this year, this is how much we have to make each month. These are our events that we do. They're kind of like the biggest um, revenue sources. And so we mm. kind of broke it down from this is our goal for the year to these are our goals month to month. So then we could kind of track for month to month, like, hey, we exceeded our goal in that first 90 days. Like this is working mm. um, because we had, we had a plan. So we yeah. didn't just go into it blind. We could kind of measure as we were going, whether we were being successful or not, because she knew at 90 days, if we had lost money, you know, like that was the money we had in the bank right. and we don't have any yep. more left. We, we tried it and it didn't work, you know? Um, and she was okay with that. So so how did she um, help you double the revenue? Uh, was it just that she was so good at the job or is it that you guys were so burnt out that you couldn't give what you needed to? Like, what do you think, what do you think really changed it by bringing her on? So I was able, I do all of our like marketing um, and like content on social media um, that donors are seeing you know, our community is seeing on a daily basis. Um, because I have a day job, right. I wasn't able to be as consistent in that. Mm. So I feel like Tyler is the big dreamer okay. and I'm the one that kind of puts things into action. Sure. Of like, okay, this is our dream. These are our goals. This is how we're going to go about it. You know, these are the posts I want to make on social media, but we could come up with the dream, but we needed someone during the week that could be, that could execute it. So, um, she was a photographer and we were able to make um, what was going on our social media profiles be so much more visual nice. that we could um, we could tell a story nice. that I felt like yeah. people could connect with. And I feel like storytelling is really important in business, especially in nonprofit. Um, and so telling stories of families that were going through these trials with congenital heart disease that were um, watching their children go through heart surgeries we were able to bring this visual aspect and really ramped up our marketing that year. And I think people just understood more what we did and mm -hmm. they were ready to give to it because they understood our mission better because of this visual content, like marketing content that we were able it. to create. Yes, that makes a big difference. I mean, for sure. And that's the thing too. I was going to talk to you about, you know, building your brand and um, marketing and stuff like that. So would you say your biggest takeaway from marketing uh, Project Heart was really bringing her on and getting great images up there and then being consistent? Is there th anything else that stands out to you that you're like, this, this is something that people really need to focus on if they are building a brand or a business? 
Yeah. So um, I'm, I am not a marketing or a business person by any means. I didn't take one marketing class in college. Um, this was all just kind of self-taught that we just read a lot of books and listened to a lot of podcasts and kind of what we drilled down to. Um, I think one thing that was a huge help to us was um, Story Brand, the book by Don Miller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He talks about your messaging and how to be clear and concise And so after reading that book, we redesigned our whole website and we rewrote our messaging. Um, We, it kind of informed everything we did on social media that you can't, your website main page, you know, it couldn't be, this is Tyler and Erica. They started Project Heart. Here's a paragraph about their son. Like that's our brains. That's too much noise (laughs) when you get to a webpage. We needed one sentence that said like, we're going to end congenital heart disease. And so... That um, that really changed our marketing game um, and just made things a lot clearer for people. Um, another thing that I think was important was just knowing our target audience. Um, so Christy Wright, the for yes. the Dave Ramsey personality, I've gone to her, two of her business boutiques, and she's been on the show. So yes, awesome. <laughs> I'm yeah. very familiar so, with her. <laughs> she is amazing. So um, I went to business boutique as well awesome. in Nashville. Yeah. And so she has like a really great um, bit that she talks about, about your target audience and Mm -hmm. really knowing that person. And she used this word that I've never heard before um, of knowing your target audience's psychographic um, information. So not just their demographics, like how old they are and where they live, but she's, she says, think about your target audience in what do they like? What do they dislike? What are they fearful about? And that can inform your marketing strategy. So when you're really talking to your target audience, you know, picture, you know, we market to a lot of women, a lot of heart moms mm. um, whose children have congenital heart disease. I can like picture myself sitting across the table from Sydney. Her son has CHD and like can kind of picture this person. What is yeah. she fearful about? What, how can I serve her the best? Yes. Um, and so really knowing your target audience um, is another great takeaway for just marketing your business. Yeah. She, she calls it her, your, um, what's that, what's your avatar? Like, who are you? Yes. Who are you really? Who's your audience? Who's your person? Um, yeah, I totally agree. And I first heard of Donald Miller at the first business boutique that I went to in 2016 because he spoke. So yes, uh, yeah, yep, me too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he's, he's great. Um, so Erica, we're almost at the end of the show. Um, what advice though, would you give to moms that have an idea brewing and they feel like it's just so big, they don't know where to start? Yeah. So I would say, um, don't be afraid to dream big that, um, I think a lot of times, um, people will have an idea and they can get really passionate about it. Um, but they almost don't want to tell anybody, um, because it seems so crazy. And I feel like that's how it was with project heart that my husband is total opposite. He'll tell anybody who will listen about what we're doing. And he was like talking to the surgeons in the hospital, like we're going to cure CHD. And I'm like, oh my goodness, he just said cure to the surgeon. They think we're nuts. They're probably like, um, oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to like crawl into the, under the table as he's like having this conversation. Oh gosh, that's funny. But the more that he talked about it, the more real it became. Mm. So I think like the first step is like, speak it out. Like don't yeah. just let it live in your heart. But like, tell your husband about it. Tell him like the dream that you have. Um, tell your best friend about it. Tell someone this dream that you have, because the more you talk about it, the more you kind of refine 
what is most important to you, which aspect of it you're the most passionate about. Mm. And I think bouncing ideas off of other people can kind of help you drill down what you want to do most and maybe even help you get started. Because when you talk to people about it, you never know when your friend is going to be like, you know, my Mm sister-in-law has this friend who does and you get connected to people just because you mentioned your crazy idea while you're at the pool watching the kids um, that it starts to come to life. So I would say speak your dreams. It's okay to have a crazy idea. Um, Women can have big business dreams too. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this is like the best time for a woman to start a business that um, there's just so many opportunities that anybody can start a business with an idea and a Facebook page. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is like getting it out there. You know, I put out there, um, so, you know, I'm a travel agent and, you know, there's um, some ideas brewing in my head that I feel like a lot of spouses, especially with women, maybe their husbands are not good at planning and they would really like to have them plan a birthday trip or an anniversary trip. And I was kind of like, yeah, I'm the same way. My husband's not, his strength is not planning. So it goes back to your strengths and, and stuff like that, as we were talking before. And I was just kind of like, yeah, I, I should come alongside the husbands to help plan those trips. Like if, if the wife does want to be surprised, mm-hmm. right? Like she doesn't want to do all the planning and like, why is this always falling on my shoulders? And so I really have started putting it out there and I've noticed that people are catching on and that people have been talking to me. So exactly like what you're saying, like if you have it in your mind, no one's going to know you have to <laughs> start right. talking about it. And then other people will then say something to someone else and, and, and so far. So, um, I completely, agree with that. And I love that advice. Um, what is the book again by Donald Miller? What's the title? Do you know off the top of your head? I think, uh, story Sorry? brand, it's just oh, called story, story brand, brand or it, yeah. might, it might have a subtitle, but I know it's, if yeah. you look up Don Miller story brand, you'll find yes. it. Yeah. And so you guys, I'll put that in the show notes. So Erica, before we close, I just want to let everyone know that you can find Erica's info on the show notes. And if you guys want to get the show notes in your inbox every week, as well as a reminder of the most recent podcast right at your fingertips, make sure to go and subscribe to the Mom Inspired Show email list. All you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com, scroll down, enter your name and email, and you will be all set. And I will have the Donald Miller book in there as well as long as uh, as well as Erica's information. Uh, Erica, I appreciate you coming on today and just kind of sharing all of this with us and opening our eyes up to this world. Um, it, it's, it's been great talking to you. So good to talk with you too, Amber. Thanks for having me. Hey, you guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Erica. Again, if you have not subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show email list, make sure to go do that right now. All you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com, scroll down into your name and email, and you will be all set. This way you will get every week's episode in your inbox. You won't have to go find it and all the show notes right at your fingertips. All right, I'll see you next week. 